Hello, everyone listening. Welcome to another episode of The Well-Fed Artist. I'm Elliot Duke, a mixing and mastering engineer and music producer in Berlin, Germany. And I'm joyed to be joined today by Roz Yuan, a close friend of mine and amazing producer, singer, songwriter uh, in Berlin, and also uh, part of the team at AFEM, Association for Electronic Music. But maybe uh, you can start by just giving a little bit of introduction. Uh, you're originally from Melbourne, that's right? That's right. So yes, I'm Rosine, and um, I am originally from Melbourne, Australia. And I moved to Berlin, I think it was about five years ago. It's just like it's gone by so fast, it's hard to keep track um, yeah, of how long I've been here. And yeah, my main, my main focus is I guess my music and my career as an artist and I freelance uh, for various clients and one of them is uh, the Association for Electronic Music as a membership manager. Great. And one thing that I wanted to talk with you a bit about today is something I've been thinking a bit more about lately, which is community and the importance of community for an artistic career. And I think it's something that if you ask people does community matter to you or do you value community? Is this important to you? I think probably anyone would say, oh yes, of course, like it's super important to me, but it's kind of something maybe that's hard to define. And also something that I think it's easy to pay lip service to, but then in day-to-day practice, I think it gets forgotten oftentimes and people get so focused on these bigger goals in the future that they it's like maybe building house without thinking about the foundation as much Mm -hmm. um so maybe i'll ask you uh what does community mean to you uh like what do you think about when when you hear that term and what's uh the importance that you think that that holds for someone who's doing a artistic career (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, maybe it's helpful just to, I guess, give you a bit of background into why I chose to come to Berlin in mm-hmm. the first place and a bit about my journey. So I started making music a long time ago and it was more singer-songwriter, me behind a piano, and eventually I got into the idea of like recording demos. So I had back in Australia a an analog multi-track that I didn't, didn't really know how to use, but <laughs> I was just essentially pressing record and I had a few of my friends uh, play various instruments and would just record in my living room. And um, I never really thought about getting into production, but I felt like I was always reliant on other people, mm. I guess, and yeah. like having a conversation with a producer oft, who's often male mm-hmm. in a student uh, in a studio, sorry, and um, trying to communicate what I wanted, and and also navigating egos and all that sort yeah. of thing. And I really, I really wanted to be able to hold my own. So I, when I was in London, uh, one of the things was I bought myself a copy of Ableton and um, sat there for a bit. And then I was like, no, I'm going to commit to it. So I took some one-on-one lessons with Mm. a private tutor. He'd previously taught at SAE. And originally I did it because I thought, all right, I'm going to 
to understand the language. So when I'm in these sort of situations where the producer's not quite getting right, I can be like, no, this is what I mean, you know, mm-hmm. to really arm myself. But as I was doing it, I was like, wow, this is so amazing. <laughs> this is so fun, mm-hmm. you know. And I started to be like, I'm really interested in producing my own music and mm. the ability to actually create a full song with different sort of like different layers and orchestration. And, you know, so it were, and basically um, after that, I was like, okay, what do I want to do next? Do I want to record something or do I want to continue learning? And at the time I was also doing some vocal lessons with um, someone who taught at the Royal, uh, I think Royal London Academy or something like that. And so, um, yeah, I just reached out to her and she was like, you know, you have a professional mindset and I know it's not paying you money at the moment, but you have to take a leap of faith at some point to really go go in on it. And my other t- uh, tutor at the time was t- where I was doing these private lessons for um, music production. He was saying, yeah, you could throw your money at just um, recording a new album and like promoting it, but if you actually go to a school and maybe learn, those are things that people can't take away with from mm. you. These are like investment for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I didn't really want to return to Australia, to be honest. I was like, oh, I've just started my journey in London. I couldn't afford to stay there and like my visa had run out. And I was like, where, where else could I go? And it's like, maybe Berlin. So um, I moved over here and well, I, I came over for like a weekend and um, I was like, and I visited some schools and I landed on uh, DBS, which was now Cat- now Catalyst, because mm-hmm. it was like, it was a nice split of, um, of female and male students and the facilities looked really promising and I was really excited about it. So I was like, okay, this is going to be my goal. So I went back to Australia. At the time I was a bit depressed because I didn't really... Like a lot of my friends had moved on. I had changed Mm. a lot after being away. And so I was really looking for something. And I still had like a couple of friends, including like my bass, my bass player, Sonia, who I'm still friends with today. And like, I absolutely love her. And she introduced me um, to um, some other people. And in turn, um, I started going to these Ableton user group. And I met another music producer there called Callum. And, um, yeah, it was like we had this sort of idea of starting up a beat cipher, mm. uh, a project, and because I think I'd saw something on this, uh, I think it was Ableton platform and the, they had some sort of group or collective in L.A. and they were saying, you know, strength in numbers, this idea of building, you know, you as, a, as an artist without any context or community around you, it's hard to push and it's a lonely sort of journey. Yeah. But the idea of being able to get your crew together, create some sort of buzz and go out there and at least give you a basis before you're ready maybe to really venture off on yourself, by yourself. But really it started off as a very small idea of let's just like challenge each other. Every couple of weeks we'll share a couple of samples and just – like not have any expectation, expectation, but let's just do it because it's very easy to let time just go by without being creative yeah, yeah. and to hold that sort of accountability for one another. And so um, Cal and I tried to rally our friends from this Ableton user group <laughs> to do it. Um, and at the beginning, it was actually quite difficult. 
you know, there were, we did some rounds, we tried to promote it. Like it was just start off as a small Facebook group and like, and um, to get people to understand what that sort of meant. And I know mm. that at the beginning, like some weeks it was just me and him, you mm-hmm. know, doing it together. And he's like, is there any point? And I said, no, we've got to keep on doing <laughs> this because I, I needed that and I needed that sense of like, because I was working full time because I also studied law and politics and so I had this law degree. So I was doing something completely outside of music for work. But I still need to continue my creative practice. I really didn't want it to just slip away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we continued the beat cipher. And eventually we got some traction, you know, like we got some of our friends to get involved and it was exciting and it was like fun. And me being me, I wanted to expand to like bigger things. And so it's like, cool, why don't we do a social event around what we do? Mm. And so we had like, um, and we can just, we can like, you know, go have dinner together and then go out and like, just look at some music venues. Like we'll go to do a bit of a bar crawl around Melbourne and see what type of music venues there are and then think about putting together like a showcase event so each of us could show off the type of work that we did at these creations Mm. and stuff. Really low pressure though, like not like we're not aspiring for it to be like a thing that will break us or whatever. It's more just about, you know, here's a chance for us to practice. And I really also didn't want it just to be about like, like although it is a supportive environment for young artists that are just starting out it was also a space for people that had like were really into music and then maybe they had gone off and like full-time jobs or family and all that sort of stuff to feel that they could dip in and out and yeah. that we're not we're not um giving them a slot to perform because they're going to be a headliner and bring in a lot of people it's just because we want them to have a space to try things out you know what I mean? Or that I felt that was important to me as an artist. I can really empathize with that. Yeah. Like just that feeling of, oh, how many people are going to bring? I'm so stressed out about that. I don't have that, but I want to practice and but practice in a proper music venue. And there's no budget, by the way. This is all just me yeah. and him like trying to do this together. And as I was like building this thing with Callum, you know, I started to think about my different groups of friends and um, ones that had just had, they had their own networks and they were doing some really cool things and how I could bring them in. Um, so eventually we did, um, yeah, we did some like a residency at like this um, music venue in Melbourne, a bar called Workshop. And they were really cool about it. You know, they were like, yeah, come in on like a Wednesday or Thursday. We'll pay you, you know, like a very, like a, some sort of fee because that's kind of how it works in Melbourne in some spaces. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how many people you bring. It's just as long as you create a nice vibe. And like the first time we brought lots of people and we did create a nice vibe because that was the ethos behind it. And they just kept inviting us back. Yeah, every month you can come and do something. And, you know, that's what we want from you just to to create a nice sort of ambience. It wasn't because it was like a bar atmosphere. Lots of people there were just sort of drinking or whatever. But, yeah. um, but it was still a really nice space, you know. And so we're creating this series. There was a bit of buzz around it. We had the beat cipher thing going on. I was like, oh, how can we add more value? So I went around and did some artist interviews as well, like to like, you know, um, all the people that were involved in this community just to find out, oh, you know, what's your favorite plugin or what, um, you know, what got you started or excited about music. Mm-hmm. And it was just that I was trying to create excitement for them to understand why this is of sort of value to people. But 
it all came kind of incrementally, but in my mind, I was like firing off these different uh-huh. ideas. I'm like, I want to see it through. And then the people eventually got like a team together, again, all voluntary. Um, and they all had different sort of things that they could bring. Like, I can't possibly do everything, <laughs> um, just me and Callum. So we, like one of my uh, friends had like a hookup with this um, online radio program called Transmit. Mm. They don't have that anymore, but it was... An- another space in Melbourne where they did like online streaming and like yeah so we had like a radio show for a little while that was kind of like live streamed and recorded and stuff it was kind of cool so we got like two different members who contribute if you contribute to the beat cypher and the general community then we're going to invite you on and you can go and do a live set on this like transmit thing which oh, I cool. thought was quite cool you yeah, know absolutely. Um, and then and then you have this like you're giving back to the community, you're shouting out about it. And this is like an incentive, like incentive to participate. And then in addition, um, I had some hookups with the um, Melbourne Sound Studio, which is like a, a synth that housed all these like vintage synths and all that oh. sort of stuff. And you could go in there and book a time. Um, and I thought about, oh, wouldn't it be cool to do like, um, like some events there? So, um, with my connections, you know, we had a few beat cipher events there where people would would pair two different music producers that don't know each other and their task is to make a track using the hardware synths um, like for two hours. Whoa. And like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a perfect yeah, track, but it's the idea, you know, uh, yeah, because it's fun. That's that's the whole point as well, you yeah. know. And so I just really learned a lot from for myself in my own music career, like how to run these type of events, how to get them to sell out, how to to promote and market these things. But it was amazing because this all took place within a year, oh, far, uh, far beyond what I thought it would be sort of possible. But it was like passion driven and it was like selling people on your vision to give their time to what this could possibly be. And actually when I left, like, you know, was ready to go to Berlin. So Basically, I was doing my full-time day job at the time, doing this big collective mm. thing and doing my music outside. So, yeah, it was intense period. <laughs> and I was like, am I ready to let this go, you know? Um, and at the same time, I'd also, because I was like, I'm essentially, I have to fund this, my school fees by myself, I have to fund my living by myself. I don't really want to be working. I don't even know how, you know, with the student visa, how much you could do anyway. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I was like, what, how am I, what if I don't make it, you know, but I was working just, uh, like with my other sort of skills, I was able to get a job that paid pretty well. And I applied for like a music sort of scholarship, um, and, or music grant. And I was like, I found out about, it and it's like, oh, like scrambling to do it like 10 days before it was due. And like, I just know how competitive it is. And I just know that, you know whatever, like it may not work out, but it did. Oh, And so that was like, great. Now I've got that to pay for my school fees. The money I'd been saving all this sort of time through working full time, I can put towards my living. So I'm not as stressed while being over here. Um, so it all kind of worked out and I was like, oh, but I'm like running this like great community back in Melbourne. I don't want to see it go. And we'd started talking to a few like, um, art bodies or art institutions about mm-hmm. how we can plug into some of their programming and doing all that. Um, but I guess I had to come back to that thing about taking that leap of faith Yeah, yeah. about answering that question for myself as could I 
be a full-time artist and what would it look like? Because mm-hmm. there's like a lot of deliberation. I'm like by no means famous, and <laughs> like you know, and like growing up in my my family, as much as I love them and they're really understanding, they're not from that artistic background. They were quite concerned for me mm-hmm. because obviously it's just like how would you make money from that? Like how would you survive? You know, you've got it like it's great as a hobby, but maybe you know. And in some ways, they're not entirely wrong in terms of being a really hard industry yeah yeah um so you know it was just really like a lot of anxiety but again it was just like you know I've been doing music for a long time and I haven't you know maybe it also requires your focus not just the Mm -hmm. like the money and like you need to work work out how to at least I can I, I said to myself look I can do I can go to school for a year and if it doesn't work out or I don't enjoy it and it's not really what I want, I can always come back to Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, but that gives me a bit of context as to why I think community is important and the, the power of it, of creating this sort of swell and what you can bring to it. It's, it's a diff- it, it requires a lot of investment and it wasn't necessarily about my own music at that time, although mm-hmm. it was in the sense that it, it gave me the supportive environment and motivation to keep going. Um, but it, it, it definitely was like that was kind of my first taste of this idea about building a community around me. So then I moved to Berlin. And the reason why I moved to Berlin was because I was so – I guess I was really – I was like, okay, Berlin, this – intense artistic community you're not just going to meet other musicians and producers you're going to meet other artists yeah visual artists video artists like interdisciplinary type of people and that was something that I was really interested in exploring and I also really wanted that international community um you know like it's like oh I can make friends from Brazil (laughs) (laughs) um and the US and all because that at the time it was very internationally sort of focused um like some German students I guess may go to other German schools where they can get it for free (laughs) but there were lots of it was a quite it there were just very international lots of different people coming through and that that sort of melting pot of different cultures um, was something I was super drawn to Mm -hmm. um, and the idea of people just of all different backgrounds and also that space to be like, okay, I'm going into this community, I'm going into this learning environment and I'm going to like for the first time in like I don't know when be able to be like this is my full-time thing to to focus on my artistry with that also brought a lot of pressure I would say Mm -hmm. that but so I was kind of like I want to hit the ground running but also not miss out on the opportunity to develop my connections within that the music school and that was also another community I know a lot of people come into Berlin and it can be quite it can be quite a lonely place as well as though many people come here like you know trying to make these sort of connections and a lot of people open but then it's also um it's just like yeah it can be really hard to pull all these things together so it was quite a nice soft landing sort of space where everyone was there Mm -hmm. with the idea of wanting to make friends wanting to make these connections in the first place um and it was really yeah it was a really inspiring time for me um I got to be a student again, mm-hmm. you know, which was really uh, fun. Um, I was still very 
this idea of finding community was still really important to me because I was like, okay, especially right after, well, as school, my sort of, cause I was only at uh, Catalyst or DBS for like a year or even less than that. And I was like, okay, I, I know it takes time. So I'm going to give it another year of being here in Berlin. Um, and then I, um, I was like, all right, what are these different things in Berlin that I can get involved in? And actually I was at Most Wanted Music recently and I was in a round table um, and there was Melissa from Music uh, Pool Berlin and lots of people in this sort of like uh, table that just arrived in Berlin. It's like, mm. how do I get involved? <laughs> Different scenes, what do I do yeah. and stuff. And at one point she turned to me and said, Roz, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you say something about how you, like you're still here and obviously you're in this role now and like, you know, and like, cause Melissa was like, yeah, like when you come here, she goes, I volunteered for everything. Like mm. I just did all that sort of stuff. And that is exactly the same approach that I did. So I volunteered at Berlin Community Radio. I volunteered at, um, it was like the ISM Hexadome at the Martin Grobus Bau. So it was like this installation um, that was there with screens and ambient music. And it was very cool. I enjoyed that. And then um, CTM Festival, Berlin Artonal, all those different things. And um, just to get an idea of what go was going on, mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes I did meet people, other fellow people who volunteered, which was quite exciting. And some of them are stuck around in Berlin. Some of them I haven't seen again, but it was a great way of a getting free access to these events because I didn't have any money and also just understanding the cult, like the culture and what, what's going on, yeah. you know, and getting involved and feeling like you're part of something as well. Um, but so I did a lot of that. And then, um, yeah, it, and then it was a matter of trying to figure things out again. Um, I eventually took some work at some booking agencies here in Berlin, um, using my kind of skills, like business administrative type of organizational sort of skills. And I learned about how booking bookings work. I mm. didn't really know about that side of things. Um, then the pandemic happened. Um, yeah. And so I had to think again about what I was going to do, but the, I guess the blessing in disguise was that, okay, I can, I had less distraction and less comparison, what everyone like, what people were doing that was far cooler <laughs> than what I was doing, you know? And it was like, okay, it's just me. And my partner, Andrew, like in this sort of space, <laughs> what are we going to do, you know, and, um, and how am I going to make money or what am I going to do? And I just, I applied for some arts, um, grants and, um, I got one of them and, and I proposed creating a, um, concept album based on my feelings, reflections of that time. Cause I thought I want to, as, as hard as it is, I kind of feel like it's an important transitional time and I want to capture because yeah. I was, I was trying, I was experiencing so many things. I couldn't get back to Australia mm -hmm. because of their strict border controls yeah. at the time. And it was really, it was a very strange sort of time. And I just wanted to be like, okay, I'm going to produce this music. And I also at the time wanted to explore doing um, interactive media. Mm. So um, I was introduced to some creative technologists here in Berlin and some visual artists. And we worked together on this project to accompany my concept album. And 
again, for me, that's also community building. This idea of like network, you're building creative connections with people. How did you meet those folks? Yes, yeah, so um, Andrew used to work at a music startup and um, he had a friend actually, but we had also met before, we just didn't know. Um. We had met at uh, a music tech type of meetup or music instrument making because that was something I was interested in at the time as well. And but so, yeah, and then we came back into our lives through that connection and um, his partner, um, Bashak, is a visual artist and I was saying, this is my vision. I kind of want to put it together. And I don't know how, because I'd proposed this, but I didn't realize there's so many gaps in my knowledge. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I, like before proposing the arts grant, I'd done a bit of research, but I didn't know anything of the technical aspects of things. And then I realized, oh my God, this is so hard. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like I. This was the online. <laughs> Um, yeah. 3D kind of thing. Yeah, it was this online sort of like, I thought, I don't know, I, I saw something that was amazing. It was done by, I think, this um, opera company, like a trailer where you moved within this virtual space and it was like audio was spatialized and you're moving through this space and it just looked visually stunning. I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> and then I, so I Googled a bit about to understand a little bit about it. Um, but then in terms of implementation and then realizing that those have like teams of people that yeah. are really dead. And so I think I remember reaching out to you being like, do you know anyone? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I and I especially, yeah. yeah. And it was just like, oh gosh, but I don't have like the funds to, yeah. you know, like I had obviously my arts grant and part of it was paid towards that, but nowhere near that these people, you know, normally and rightly so like charge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he kind of was like, I'll do it as also I'm interested in play, like working on this with you. And there was a lot of goodwill behind it. And I was so grateful for their input. I mean, we still had to scale it back to what the original vision was for it because it was just so technically challenging. Um, but it was, I also learned from them about how they, their processes and how they project manage something like this. Um, but yeah, so again, when I think about community building, it's not just about building your relationship with fans. It's also about building the creative collaborators around you and the people that will support you and you'll support them in turn and vice versa and building those relationships. And for me, it was so rewarding to be able to to like look at expression through someone else's eyes, mm. not just through my eyes and my music and all that sort of stuff, but like through someone's like, how do you visually interpret the concept, you know, that I've, I've started with the music. Um, so yeah, that, that collaboration was really important to me. Fast forward. Um, yeah. From that, then I proposed another project to develop that into a live performance concept for a live stream Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about like to create a high like high production value version of my um, music uh, music EP mm-hmm. concept album, and you know and it was just like I, you know I built a relationship with someone who was like um, a Nikabana artist who agreed to do some stage design for me. And I just recently um, was in conversation with her and she's working doing costume and stage design for a theatre project in Zurich. So oh, wow. it's just like, you know, you're helping one another grow. Was that the uh, the plants and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was really nice. I mean, it was just like 
we didn't really know each other. I think I reached out in like, she'd posted something in a Facebook group and um, I think it was like girl swap skills and stuff. And I saw her work with, oh, that's cool. And I'm actually looking for a floral artist um, to work on my stage design because I'm, you know, quite inspired by an artist, artist like Björk that use a lot of yeah. natural elements and like with digital sort of stuff. And she was open to it, you know, and um, and we've struck a friendship out of that, like a genuine one outside of our um, creative collaboration. But it, it's it's amazing also to when you open yourself up to other people, what can happen? Mm-hmm. Because if I can help her any any way, she knows hopefully that she can reach out to me and vice versa. But it's a delight to see her moving also in that direction, you know, and it's something that I want to moving forward is also going to be a big focus of my, my creative output. So I guess coming back to more like present day, um, yeah, one, I'm a freelancer. So one of my clients is, uh, FM or AFEM, um, and they're, um, and basically they're, they were constructed to be a voice for the electronic music industry representing the whole ecosystem. So it's quite unique because you've got, music managers, you've got tech startups, you've got people like Beatport on board, you've got like distributors, you've got, you know, this whole, the whole remit and it's meant to be global as well. So you've got people from the US, people from um, South America, Australia, all that sort of stuff. And the idea is to bring people together to have these like conversations and to do, to facilitate and have more sort of exchange and sort of collaboration. And through this sort of position, um, I've also gained a lot of knowledge about how the music industry is today. Because from when I started to how you promote a record or album, it's completely different Mm -hmm. to how things are looking today with the evolution of technology. And what I can say very confidently is that, you know, all the things that individual artists are wrestling with, how do you promote yourself on TikTok? labels and managers are having exactly the same conversation. They're talking about how they use these sort of platforms, like this whole direct-to-fan engagement, you know what I mean? So it's become really apparent to me. I mean, it's all very different because I don't think you should be fake in any way. Not everyone's going to be like, hi guys, this is what I do, eat for (laughs) breakfast every day. That's, you know, (laughs) like maybe that's not going to be your vibe, but also you have to pick, there are lots of platforms out there. You don't necessarily have to go on TikTok if that's not something that you feel is, um, is conducted or how you want to express yourself. And it might be the case where actually I really want to develop my band camp. You know what I mean? And that sort of presence. And I'm also in that position where I'm trying to think, how do I, I'm not going to go on every platform because I don't have the the bandwidth to devote to all of that. I have to be more strategic. So it's also about really getting to know yourself very well as who you are as an artist is very much a journey of what makes you sort of tick, what makes you feel, what what you're comfortable with Um, and to carve out your own space. Don't try and be like someone else. Try and be as much you as possible, Mm -hmm. I think. yeah. I mean, one thing I actually wanted to, you kind of mentioned it, but I wanted to ask you um, about before you wrap up, just because you've talked about uh, all the, all that you've done, like, uh, creating that scene in Melbourne, 
mm-hmm. and networking here and building community in Berlin. But how do you balance uh, not burning out or like, because I know you're a hustler, but uh, uh, just hearing you talk about like all these things, I'm like, damn, like how do you have that energy? Uh, <laughs> well, or yeah, like, how do you, yeah. how do you know like, when do you need to take a step back or like what are do you think are the ways that you can kind of like recharge or yeah i mean also some people are even more introverted you know what i mean yeah, i'm kind yeah. of i think i'm like an introvert extrovert mm-hmm. maybe lean more to the extrovert sort of side because i enjoy the connection but i also prefer to connect people like one-on-one or in smaller groups to be yeah, honest with you than really too. large ones um, because I'm interested in people, you know, um, I like to know what makes people tick and I'm curious. So that part is really interesting to me. Um, I probably have slowed down a bit, like before I was like, oh, music event, I'm going to go and check it out and stuff and like zooming around a bit more <laughs> um, because I was just like, that was at that point, it wasn't necessarily about creating. It's just more understanding the landscape of what I was getting into mm. um, and actually when the shutdown happened lockdown that was actually good for me because mm. i needed yeah it's like a forced it was break. forced <laughs> break it was forced introversion because you need time to go into yourself to create work and to have that concentration you know for a long yeah. time I, like when you zoom around all the time you're not necessarily making work either yeah. that's why i guess a lot of people have those like artist residencies where they go off for three months and therefore focuses that. And then when they've got the work, then they can sort of go out again and like pull all those things together. Mm. Um, so you need periods where you are introverted and not. And again, I don't think you should force yourself to be something that you're not. But I think it doesn't necessarily mean you have to to be a complete social butterfly either. Um, I think, you know, building community is about like, building a space where you also feel safe in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like building something that you would like to see. Don't surround yourself by pe- with people just because you want, like you need to be surrounded <laughs> by people or the wrong types of people. Like I would say like, you know, you want to be able to, to relax around people and find people you have a genuine connection with. And that could just be one or two people. I know that you started that beat cipher, which I thought was really cool, you know, for like mm-hmm. a little while. And it's again, that sort of idea of like, and I know you found a lot through the, um, through DBS or catalyst, yeah, like yeah. they were your friends from there. So really I think, um, I think that is a form of like community building. You don't need to, to do to do to do things that make you feel uncomfortable but certainly like if you don't at all I, I worry about some people like I need to be perfect before I go off and meet other people yeah totally because I think there are some artists who think I don't want to share with other people I'm too scared I'm just going to continue making tracks and I'm, I'm not going to let people listen to it at all. It's kind of a bottomless pit. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, like, or just like that type of thing where it's just like, oh, it's not good enough yet. Yeah, or like if like someone says I'm interested in hearing it and seeing maybe if there's a way to collaborate or like help one another, like not to, yeah. I mean, it can be quite harsh if someone doesn't like your music and you have to like develop some sort of like, and not all collab, like I've had collaborations that haven't worked and it can be gutting because you, there's a lot of 
genuine goodwill or intention behind it. Yeah. And but it's just one of those things, right? Like it is a it is a risk anytime you put yourself out there. And I I'm not always comfortable in big like sometimes people are like, oh you're really comfortable in this big social situations. But like I remember at one sort of music conference like last year, I felt so overwhelmed. <laughs> I burst into tears at one sort of like drink thing and I was like super embarrassed. And I wasn't sure why. I think I'd, I just hadn't slept well and I was mm. overwhelmed and mm. I was like, oh everyone knows that I feel awkward in this space <laughs> and that I don't know what I'm doing or how to say hello to people and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I'm definitely not alone in that. And I've realized that you shouldn't feel ashamed about that either. Yeah. And that instead, if people do shame you for it, they've got an issue. Like, yeah, as yeah, in totally. like, you know, if you do, if that type of um, environment elicits some sort of anxiety about going out and meeting people, I think, you know, but as, as awkward as that, like when you do find even one person, one or two people that you connect with by putting yourself out of there, the rewards can be super rich. You can feel like, hey, we're, you know, like I want you to succeed. You want me to succeed. And even if no one hears it, we're going to create something. We're going to see it through like from beginning to end. And it may not be exactly what I envisaged or wanted because of whatever, but it's just that that fulfillment from like, I'm doing it. I'm not just saying it. I'm not just thinking about it. And I'm bringing other people along with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can give you like confidence to take the next step maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, as well. I think um, it's super, every time you just like go out on a limb and try something and do something, even if it's sort of uncomfortable or bring someone else into your world or offer so it's not like if you're not necessarily comfortable showing your own work or like pushing forward your music yet or whatever, there are many opportunities for you to dip into someone else's world and be like, hey, like in a very sort of small way, like just like I sometimes, again, freelancer, I help out at the door at um, a series of events in Berlin called Keat Salon and I've met the the person that directs and organizes all of this, Mikhail, and he's been really great. And I get to go to these events by working at the door sometimes and getting an understanding of the, and it's not, I'm just checking tickets and greeting people and, you know, mm -hmm. like it's nothing like huge, but like, you know, it was still really important to me just to have these, like, I'm helping out with someone else's vision yeah. and their passion and their love in a small way. And that is, and creating a positive vibe around it you know, just hanging around smiling, being, you know, and that can be a very powerful thing in terms of getting involved in a feeling of community and what's around you. Even like, yes, you're contributing, but you're getting something out of it, I yeah. think, possibly more than they're even aware <laughs> about. They might be like, oh, shit, I'm giving you this, like, shit grunt work that I don't want to do. <laughs> um, but it could just be the case where actually, you know, you're there to contribute to someone's vibe to help deliver provide a platform for them to grow and to blossom and whatever small part you play in that I think can be quite rewarding and inspiring for yourself maybe you might see someone be like oh actually I've I've like sometimes I've I've seen this about myself it's like I'll help support you in this but actually maybe that's something I want to explore uh -huh. I'm seeing like you know taking yeah. those like little steps towards it before it's like you know I mean one of the things um you know, 
I think about like what scares you most as a, as a sort of guiding compass about what you should do next. Mm, interesting. Because I think if it scares you, it elicits some sort of feeling. Why does it scare you? What is it that you want to confront? And like for me, like I like in terms of going back to one of my projects doing choreography, ah. I feel so like sometimes I feel a bit uncomfortable in my own body and I just think I'm not elegant or coordinated in any way, but I wanted to do it and I wanted to explore movement. And, um, yeah, for me, that was, it scares me. I want to do it though. I'm just going to do it. Uh And even if I feel awkward sometimes and, but it's been really rewarding. And I think if you don't go there, you're not going to grow. You're not going to feel a sense of growth yourself anyway. Yeah. If you don't kind of push yourself in that way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course. I'll link, if you want me to, to the live stream and yes, any other one, uh, websites you want to send me. And uh, see you next time, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>